Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome back to the Nebraska Crop Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Dorsey. I'm a water and cropping systems extension educator for Dodge and Washington counties. This is episode 56, which will be our last one of the 2022 season. When we post our next episode in January, the Crop Watch podcast will be starting its fifth season on the air. We've loved bringing you the most up-to-date crop production information for Nebraska. So in today's episode, we're going to celebrate and give a retrospective of the 2022 season and some of the information that we highlighted on this podcast. Before we dive in, we have a few upcoming events being offered by Nebraska Extension that I would like to make you aware of. The winter months are usually our busiest in terms of programming and different educational events that the University of Nebraska offers. So my list is not going to be all-inclusive, so the best way to get the most up-to-date information is by visiting your local extension office or talking with your local extension educator. However, I will try to highlight some of the most important events that we have coming up. First off, with the start of the new year, some of you may need to renew your pesticide applicator certifications. Training is going to be offered for private, commercial, non-commercial, chemigation, and other certifications starting in January and going through typically March. There will also be online options for those of you who will be unable to make it to in-person trainings, and those will be available at pested.unl.edu. So that's P-E-S-T-E-D dot U-N-L dot E-D-U. Again, the best way to find out about a lot of these trainings is by visiting your local extension office or talking with your local extension educator. But on that pested.unl.edu website, we also have a calendar of a lot of these pesticide trainings that are being offered throughout the state. In addition to these, we have a few larger regional trainings that are being offered that will include the option of getting your pesticide applicator certification. And these are going to be offered through our crop production clinics. For all the crop production clinics that I list here, the time will run from 8.45 in the morning until 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. And these will be held in different locations throughout the state and not only include information on pesticide applicator trainings and safety, but also topics around crop production that might be helpful for the year, such as topics around irrigation and crop diseases to look for. So these will start on January 5th in North Platte. Then we go to January 10th in Norfolk, January 11th in Mead, January 12th in Beatrice, January 18th in Kearney, January 19th in Hastings, January 20th in York, and then January 24th we'll be back in Kearney again. These events do require pre-registration, and so to do that, you'll go to the agronomy.unl.edu slash cpc website. There will be some additional information there, but also the option to go ahead and register and pay for those events. Another event that's coming up is our TAPS Banquet. This will be held on January 14th in Kearney. And if you're not familiar with TAPS, it's a really great program that's organized by the University of Nebraska to highlight crop production practices in the state. And we have growers that compete in that program to test out their own crop production practices and how they stack up against others. And the growers and other groups that participated in the TAPS program will be recognized at that event. We also have a few expos coming up. The York Ag Expo is being held on January 12th in York. And then we have the Fremont Corn Expo being held on January 26th in Fremont. So I know that's a lot of events that I just went through, and there are more that are being offered throughout the state. So to get the most up-to-date list, I really encourage you to reach out to your local extension educator, and they can let you know about other programs that might be held in your area. So in this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to be celebrating our season here. We had a challenging year in 2022 in Nebraska with 
drought conditions in the spring. Then we had some pretty severe storms that brought hail and some moisture, but not enough moisture to make up for some of the drought conditions that we faced. We had some issues with fire and disease. So in this episode, we're going to reflect on some of the issues that we faced this year, which we seem to face a lot of these things every year. So while you may not have had some of these challenges in your particular area in Nebraska, it's possible that in the next year or in seasons to come, you might be faced with some of these issues. So we're going to go back to a few of my favorite episodes, which I thought were really timely and really relevant and helpful for the season and could be helpful for this next year coming up. And the first episode that we're going to be going back to is episode 41, where we had Nathan Mueller, who is an extension educator, on the show to talk about winter wheat fertility. And winter wheat is one of Nathan's specialties. And he had a few really great things to say, which I think are relevant even now. And the first was around phosphorus deficiency in wheat, which is something that we really can see when we have drought conditions. And this fall has been really dry. We had a really dry season, and this fall continues to be dry. And so this is something that we might see in some of our wheat fields in some parts of the state. So let's go back and hear what Nathan had to say about phosphorus deficiency in winter wheat. This past fall, especially early winter, we did see some phosphorus deficiency in winter wheat because of the, the dry soils. A lot of nutrients, you need water to be able to take those up in, in decent amounts. And so we did see phosphorus deficiency. And that looks kind of, it's almost flashing or, or orange tissue. It can become purple, but actually that orange colors first. So I did see phosphorus deficiency as well as nitrogen deficiency, especially where the soybean residue was a little bit thicker. Again, this was an interview with Nathan Mueller from earlier this year, but our fall conditions for winter wheat this season are very similar. Nutrients are moved into plants with water, so when we have dry conditions like we do right now, our plants can have nutrient deficiency symptoms, even when there are adequate supplies of nutrients or fertilizer in the soil. Another topic that Mueller touched on in this episode was nitrogen rates and timing, which are really common questions he gets every season. Yeah, I always start people that are new to growing winter wheat, which there's been quite a bit um, the past two years is about 100 pounds of nitrogen per acre applied, 100 pounds of, of fertilizer nitrogen applied. That's a good starting point. Um, timing. Should we have put that all on last fall? Do we put it all on this spring during greenup? Do we wait and hold some of it prior to jointing or even put some on late at flag leaf? Putting all of those, all of that nitrogen on actually in the spring at greenup gave us the same yield or more than putting it all that nitrogen on in the fall. So I definitely leaned, if you're doing one application of nitrogen, put it all on in the spring at greenup. We did look at split applications. So one third in the fall, two thirds in the spring. And again, that was similar to all in the spring. So what I tell growers, both based on experience and information from K-State is we need a little bit of nitrogen in the fall for that winter wheat. A lot of that can come with your phosphorus fertilizer, such as MAP, which is 1152, 11% nitrogen. Usually that's enough in the fall and then the remaining balance in the spring. So you might have 10, 20 pounds in the fall, and then you come back with, you know, 90 to 110 pounds in the, in the spring. So that was some great information about fertility management in winter wheat. Mueller also shared a lot more information in that episode, which was episode 41 that we just can't share here. But if you're interested in learning more about winter wheat and fertility management in that crop, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode 41. In addition to what Mueller shared in this episode about fertility, he's also developed a lot of really great resources around winter wheat management that can be found on his website. So if you go to croptechcafe.org and then go over to crops is one of the drop down and go down to wheat, you'll find a lot of resources there from economics to videos to handouts on the benefits of winter wheat in terms of soil health, taking a stand count 
If you're concerned about your stand, there's a, there's a handout on that. Also a winter wheat seeding calculator for this coming fall. If you were wondering where you need for be a seeding rate, I have an Excel calculator, but also information on varieties, you name it. I have built up that website because that's a strong resource for growers in Eastern Nebraska. So definitely be sure to check out his website to learn more about winter wheat management. The next episode that we're going to be highlighting today is episode number 44, which was about hail on corn, soybeans, and wheat with Dr. Justin McMeckin. Even though much of the state was under drought conditions this year, we had really dry weather. What precipitation we did receive in the spring came really hard and fast and often brought hail, especially in the central part of Nebraska. So in episode 44, we visited with Dr. McMeckin, who has done some research around hail and corn, and he had this to share about some of the fields that he visited early this spring. Uh, we wrote Saturday looking at a few fields and it was, it looks pretty bleak and, you know, it wasn't a lot of regrowth, you know, that's that four to five days after the storm, um, with the hail being so significant, it, it took a couple of days, in fact, till this morning to start to see some regrowth, especially on soybean. So, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a troubling time. It's probably one of the hardest times to, to make a decision on hail. Had we had this whole scenario happen two weeks ago, I think we'd all feel a lot differently and our, our corn would have been prior to V6 and growing points would have been below the ground and soybeans would have been fairly small. But at this point, uh, what I've seen in the last few days is a lot of corn that was V6, V7, kind of that critical turning point and some soybeans that were V2, V3 stage. Um, and the result is uh, a lot of injury to the plants. But that being said, things always look worse the day after the storm. And seven, seven days later, they can look a lot better. Sometimes it takes to 10. Gosh, it's really hard to hear about that kind of damage. And our hearts really go out to anyone in the state that was affected by this or any other serious crop issue in the state. But that's one of the reasons why Nebraska Extension exists, which is to help in these types of situations. And in this last clip, McMeckin also had some really great advice, which is to wait that 7 to 10 days after some type of serious injury before making any type of decision. But even though our fields can look really rough in those first 7 to 10 days, we might strip all the leaves off of our plants, we might still have growing points in those crops, and they might still regrow. Obviously, there probably will be a yield impact, but in many cases, our crops can recover. In this episode, McMeckin also touched on another really important topic, which is around insurance. And whenever we have these types of big weather events or other types of crop damage, questions around insurance and the process is really common at Nebraska Extension. And McMeckin has some really great advice that can help avoid some heartache. I think that the number one thing is, uh, you know, growers should be knowledgeable about what that evaluation might look like before an adjuster gets there if they have one and have insurance. But the important thing is talk to your adjuster first. Don't do something or anything in that field without talking with that adjuster uh, because you can void your claim if you're out trying to, to do some sort of management when they haven't seen it. Um, they have specifics on how much to leave in that field for proper evaluation. And so uh, before doing much of anything, call your, your adjuster. And, and not a bad idea to run out and take some photos early on uh, in this process so you can help in that process if there's questions later about what things look like. And then the number one tip, wait. And we're kind of in that window now. Tomorrow, we'd be crossing the seven-day mark from the hail event itself. And that, that would be the time to, to actually start looking. I, I tell everybody, go to the lake. You know, when they, if you, you can, get away from town. Don't, don't look at your fields for a good seven days. I think one of the hard things about situations like this is that in agriculture, we're fixers. We like to go out and fix the problem. So whether that's something going wrong with a piece of equipment or our crops, 
we like to get out there and fix it as soon as we can. However, McMechan brings up some really important points, which is in situations like this, when we have really severe crop damage, it's best to just wait. Another really important point that he brought up here was to not do anything without talking to your insurance company first. It would be really unfortunate to have some type of disaster in our field and try to fix it too soon without our insurance being able to take a look at it first and then not being able to get a payment later on. Now, I don't want you to think that Nebraska Extension is all doom and gloom. We like to be there for the good days too, and we had a lot to celebrate in 2022. One example that we celebrated on the podcast this season was successfully starting a cover crop interseeding project. This was probably the most challenging episode to make this year because we had multiple guests and involved recording audio out in the field, but it's hands down my favorite podcast episode. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode 49 in its entirety, but we'll go over a few clips here. This project was a partnership between the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, the Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy, or the NDEE, and several local natural resource districts, which are the NRDs. As part of the project, the university purchased a Hagee high-clearance sprayer and converted it into a broadcast cover crop seeder, which we called a high boy. The idea is because the sprayer is so tall, it can drive through a standing field of corn even towards the end of the season. So we were running this in August and put cover crop seed on the ground so the plants can get a head start before corn harvest and cooler winter temperatures. So this project developed really because there's an interest in cover crops, especially in Nebraska, and really helps improve soil health, which in turn has water quantity and water quality impacts. That was one of our guests on the podcast, Katie Pekarik, who is a water quality extension educator with the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. This episode was particularly fun because I had the chance to ride along inside the high boy and see it in action, and I have to say it's a really impressive system. So this system really gives you that high clearance to go through the corn late season. We've been really happy with seeing no eardrop and uh, not having any run over corn in the field. We've got a, an adjustable boom system. We've got drops that come down in stainless steel tubes. The University of Nebraska has been doing research on cover crops for many years. And according to the research, they have many benefits. Cover crops can help reduce soil erosion, increase soil organic matter, and help with weed management and a lot more. However, this project was primarily interested in the benefits around nutrient cycling, which is why the NDEE and the local natural resource districts were interested in being involved. Our main emphasis on this particular project is the groundwater side. You know, we're going in areas that's a little higher in nitrates. We're trying to see if it will tie up the nitrates in the soil. Uh, like I said, we do have areas that's running almost 20 parts per million nitrates. You know, a drinking water standard is 10 parts per million. We were trying to keep it clean for future generations. That's why this cover crop is maybe just another tool in the toolbox that maybe we can utilize to, to keep the nitrates lower or lower the nitrates in general. That was Daryl Anderson, the water resources manager at the Lower Platte North NRD based in Wahoo, Nebraska. Using cover crops to help lower nitrates in the groundwater is a pretty interesting use case, but it really makes sense when you think about it. Cover crops can help tie up any excess nitrogen in the soil inside their plant tissues. This could help prevent nitrate leaching over the fall and spring when we tend to have the most water movement. Then, when it's time to plant the next crop, that cover crop can be terminated and the nutrients the plants took up can be made available to the next crop as they decompose. This was the first year of the project, and the university, the NDEE, and the NRDs are all hopeful they'll be able to continue. The project is waiting for some funding decisions for 2023, but hopefully we can provide some updates on this project in future episodes. 
Again, if you haven't listened to this podcast episode yet, definitely go back and give it a listen. It was episode 49. Well, that's it for this episode and our fourth season on the air. We have big plans for 2023 to continue to bring the latest crop production information for Nebraska. But wait, before you push the pause button or move on to another podcast episode, I want to ask a huge favor. If you've gotten this far, I hope that means that you've been enjoying the show. Please subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we post new episodes. Also, it would mean a lot to us if you'd leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another platform. Reviews will help other people find the show and potentially benefit from the information that we're providing. Lastly, please share the podcast or your favorite episode from this year with your friends, whether that's in a text, a social media post, or whatever else works for you. We'd really like to continue to grow the show and provide valuable information to producers in Nebraska and beyond. So thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you in the new year.